You're listening to Catholic Chicago. Ahead, the Archdiocese of Chicago brings you programs about the people, events, and issues that touch our lives. Welcome to Catholic Chicago. This is Sister Lavina Francis Pamet. I'm a Franciscan Sister of the Sacred Heart. I'm also the host for Dare to Love. Dare to Love is a program that features the and highlights religious in the Archdiocese of Chicago, and also um, being the coordinator of religious vocation ministries in the Office for Religious of the Archdiocese of Chicago, I also coordinate um, an association called CAVA, which is the Chicago Archdiocesan Vocation Association. And for this morning, my guest is Father Adam McDonald, who is a Divine Word missionary, and he talks about his recent transfer back to Chicago and he has a lot of friends, a lot of um, uh, people that he has been connected to as he traveled um, throughout the United States, really. And now he is going to be transferred as the superior, a local superior, for the Theologate Formation House of the Divine Word Missionaries. And that is in Hyde Park um, within the area of the Catholic Theological Union, otherwise known as CTU. And um, what we'll play uh, today is actually a recent interview that I had with him. So Mike May, thank you so much. Here we go. Thank you so much, Father Adam, for joining us this morning from Dallas. I know you've been traveling, but before I start asking you questions, just briefly introduce yourself, and then we'll, we're going to get into what's happening with the transition in your life. Sure. Thank you, Sister Lavina, and good day to you once again. And yes, I greet you this time from my recent travels here to Dallas, Texas, where it is plenty hot, let me tell you. But my name is Father Adam McDonald. I'm a member of the Society of the Divine Word, also known as the Divine Word Missionaries. And we are an international missionary congregation serving as missionaries of the Word of God. I've been vocation director, member of our vocation team for the last 12 years, and just uh, earlier this month was appointed to a new position to serve as local superior of our formation house for our Divine Word community in Hyde Park. This would be a house for uh, a number of seminarians for our community in temporary vows who are undertaking their graduate studies in theology. So kind of in a bit of a transition mode. Thank yeah, you, wow. sister. Yeah, what a change. 12 years in vocation ministry, and Indeed. now you have something else going on. Correct. Yeah. So I think the most obvious question uh, you would ask me, Sister Lavina, you wanted to ask me about this change in my life. How did this come about and kind of what's it been like for me so far? So indeed, um, as of a couple of 
months ago, I didn't necessarily anticipate this transition in my life, but uh, there was a need for leadership at our formation house. And I think the community was looking to me as someone who has journeyed with and accompanied men in discernment. And of course, the men in temporary vows are continuing to discern and deepen their discernment. So I think they thought that I might bring those skills of accompanying young people into this ministry. And so you know how it goes when you get a call from your provincial superior kind of unexpectedly, he presents the need to you and asks you to consider it. And I felt out of obedience that this being the greatest need of the community at this time, that I would be able to do it. So uh, the transition is ongoing. Um, and I'm kind of in this, uh, we'd like to use this fancy word liminal space, this kind of in between, I'm not fully departed from my previous ministry, I'm not fully settled into my new ministry. So I'm kind of in between and have a number of vocation commitments this summer that I'll continue to attend to if I complete this transition, uh, as evidenced by my presence in Texas right now for a vocations retreat. And so the change has been good so far. Uh, you kind of ease into this transition during the summertime because most of our seminarians are on some form of a summer break or a summer ministry program. A number are participating in the clinical pastoral education program, for instance, and or having retreats treats and family visits. And so the house, which accommodates many people, is actually quite empty at this time. So I don't know if that's good or bad for the transition. I have a lot of questions I'd like to ask. There aren't a lot of people around to ask them. At the same time, I feel like there's quiet and there's space for me just to kind of move in and settle in. But most definitely, it's it's quite a big change for sure. So um, when you say discern something, something to consider, um, how would you relate that in, in any religious life and also vocation ministry? And how what what would be the wisdom that you've learned as a religious as a religious priest and you know having also been in leadership as part of your provincial council? But how does it work for religious? Uh, most ideally, Sister Lavina, I think it works in such a way that all of us recognize, whether religious or lay or whatever state of life we may be in, that life is really about a series of making decisions, choices, if nothing else, our circumstances may, may often dictate what we need to do. And yet we're left with the choice of how we embrace those circumstances and what kind of attitude or disposition we bring to embrace something or to fight it or flee from it that kind of thing. And so we're all familiar with the fact that we need to make decisions. I think we're religious really bring an insight and a gift is that we invite and try to embrace a careful consideration of reflection upon and gathering information about the choices before us when we're invited to choose between different goods so that we can make a choice which most truly honors, hopefully, my deepest desires but also which allows me to serve the needs around me, whatever is the greatest need. Sometimes there are competing needs. I can't do everything. I can't be everything to everyone, everywhere all at once, says the title of the film, right? And yet, what is the greatest need? Where is that greatest need? And so I think what we offer as religious is the chance to really kind of look at sort of what are the pros and the cons, the advantages and the disadvantages? How will this help me to become more free to give myself in love. We call this program Dare to Love. How will this, this possibility promote in me that ability to take the risk to love more generously, more inclusively, uh, more unconditionally? 
And so it's not just a matter of making snap decisions always. Now, of course, sometimes we are pressed with immediate needs and somewhat quick decisions need to be made. But what I found in my experience is that because I brought this sense of careful consideration and prayerful discernment to decision making over many years, it kind of builds up a sense of a foundation of self-knowledge, okay. knowledge of God, knowledge of your vocation, knowledge of your community, so that even when quick decisions need to be made, it can still come from that sort of storehouse of collective wisdom, prayer, and, and sort of a, a sense of focus and centeredness that you've established over the years. Very, very wise. And that's something I think that is very important when we apply it to day-to-day -day life, really. Maybe I can address several of those. <laughs> I'll start with uh, Sister Lavina asking me the question. Uh, thank you for asking about what has been, say, maybe a kind of a funny story or a memorable story in my 12 years as vocation minister. I have to say, hands down, I think the funniest story I had was early on in my days as vocation director, you know, bright-eyed, bushy-tailed, every young man I meet with two eyes and 10 fingers as a viable candidate for our divine root community. I'm just out there to invite everyone and welcome them to our community. So I was in contact with this young man who was studying at a university in Pennsylvania. And again, early on in my ministry, I didn't know that if you're going to go meet someone, as I was preparing to do, uh, to meet the same man at his campus, that you might want to have a conversation where you see each other or exchange a picture so you know whom it is you're looking for. So we agreed to meet to go for mass. It was on a Sunday, and then we would have lunch after mass. So I'm standing on the steps of the cathedral in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, waiting for the arrival of a man of whose complexion, whose face, I, I have no idea whom I'm looking for. And it's like 30 seconds before mass, and I'm not finding this individual. And, and there are a lot of people standing on the steps of the church. So I finally decide to call this young man and inquire as to his whereabouts. And as soon as I pushed dial on my phone, I heard a phone ring literally behind me. <laughs> and I turned around, and the young man answers his phone, and he's like, oh, it's you. And I said, oh, it's you. So that sense of you know not even knowing whom it was we were looking for. And so I just chuckle at that and think, oh, yeah, when I'm going to get together with someone, maybe have a Zoom first or send a picture just to say, hey, this is who it is, or go to our website and, and here's a link, that kind of thing. So that I think that's just a really funny story. Now, that young man did join our formation program, and praise God, he was just approved to profess perpetual vows this uh, September. And God willing, a priest next fall. So having accompanied him as vocation director these last number of years, I will now be his local superior living with him from day to day in our formation house. So hands down, I think one of the kind of funniest, lighthearted stories I could share. When you ask That's the question great. about sort of what would be someone or something of which I, I feel proud of my humility, so to speak, I would have to say it's been that in the last 12 years, I've had the extreme privilege of not just inviting and walking with young men, but actually becoming the brother and the confrere in my community to several of them. So in these 12 years, uh, in all humility, I now count eight young men in vows as members mm -hmm. of my divine work community to now be my brothers, four of whom are now um, well, I just mentioned one who is going to be professing perpetual vows this fall. The other three are now in perpetual vows and ordained as priests 
serving God's people around the United States and internationally. One is in Spain. And it's it's just difficult to put into words the feeling of being able to participate in the ordination of a young man you've known for, say, 10 or 12 years as vocation director, and then actually participate in a laying on of hands, for instance, or helping him best with his priestly chasuble and stole for the first time to a new ministry and look back at the last 12 years as vocation director, that I feel that God used me to contribute something for the church, for the world, for my community, and ultimately for God's people, because these young men are now serving in various ministries to preach and proclaim the word of God as a divine word missionary, and what the gospel message teaches us about inclusive love for and care for the last and the least, the forgotten, the neglected, the marginalized. And that just to me is uh, a wonderful way to sort of sum up the 12 years I've been, been privileged to spend as vocation minister. And that's really, you know, we we take the vow of celibacy. And this is where the generativity of, um, it, it's not the same as the biological parent, mm -hmm. but it is like that parenting, um, mentoring and giving birth to the face of God, you know, in other people. Um, and in a way that generativity of spirit of your being a mother, uh, I know kind of weird to say that, uh, but doesn't that feel like you're being that parent for for those others? It, it really does, Sister Livina. And I love your use of the word generativity, um, you know, life-giving, uh, being a person who animates others and inspires in others a sense of energy. To me, that's really what ministry is really all about. It's about how am I being a person who, through life, I am generating and animating and inspiring life in others. And to your point, yeah, I, I mean, I'm one of six children. I Two of them happen to be priests. So my other three siblings are all married, but I only have one nephew, no nieces up to this point. And so I guess in a way I'd equate it to feeling like that proud uncle in a way, or older brother, so to speak, in uh -huh. the community who hasn't physically uh, contributed life uh, in that way as a father, but, but has very much generated and inspired and called forth uh, a deeper living of the life of these men. And so for me now, uh, Sister Lavina, if we talk about sort of the shift and the change this is going to be in my life from being vocation director to being uh, superior of our formation house, it'll be interesting to now live day to day with men that I accompanied as vocation director on a more occasional basis. You know, I'd go to visit these young men in different places, talk with them on Zoom, phone calls, text messages, all of that kind of thing, lots of emails back and forth. And now to live in the same house with them and be that sort of authority figure to make decisions as it relates to our life together is going to be an interesting change. And it may be challenging at times because the boundaries will shift, obviously, and my authority and sense of responsibility for our shared life is going to be there. But I'm hoping and, and praying in a sense that because we have that established relationship, there will at least be a sense of kind of a, a, a good faith or goodwill to say that that kind of knowing each other as we do, we would know and expect that the other has our best interest at heart. 
even when we have to make difficult decisions or communicate decisions that you know aren't say someone's first choice for something uh, sometimes the answer will be no correct uh, we can't always have everything that we want uh, especially in in community life balancing all of our needs and resources together uh, but to be able to walk that journey in a new way it, it does leave me with a certain sense of excitement to say what is God calling me to at this time in my life and as I said earlier sort of how will the last 12 years of ministry in this way foster in me a foundation for accompanying men in a different way now Father mm -hmm. Adam, is this the first time that you are serving as a local superior and I, I don't know what the, um, I think, rector of a formation house? Mm -hmm. So, Sister Lavina, thank you for asking about that. Yes, this is my first time serving as rector or, as we would say, local superior of a formation house. However, it is not my first time serving in such a capacity uh, as I did serve as local superior or rector of our provincial house, sort of our mother house, if you will, our headquarters uh, back in 2010 to 2011. That's in Techni, Illinois, Northbrook, Illinois. Uh, and I've served in a number of leadership roles over the years from house council member to vice rector to, as you mentioned earlier, provincial council member. I was even the vice provincial superior for three years. And so there is that sense of uh, humble confidence, I guess I would say, in terms of having been grounded by these previous experiences. In other words, it's not all new. There's mm -hmm. still a steep learning curve being superior in a new place. But there is that sense of God having walked with me through these previous experiences and grown in me a sense of being able to come to it with a listening heart and to be able to hear from people what it is that they need and what I can contribute to trying to serve their needs. And so um, there, there has been that experience. Now, uh, just to put it into context, I, I do have to say uh, I indicated earlier, I'm interested to see what God wants to do with me at this time in my life. Mm -hmm. God has a way of moving me in concentric circles in my life. And maybe this is true of many religious, but think of the fact that for the last 12 years as vocation director, I was residing at the college seminary for my divine word community in Iowa, where I first entered seminary formation some 30 plus years ago, right? Yeah. And now I will be superior of the formation house where I lived over 25 years ago when I myself was in temporary vows. So ah. my life seems to go in this series of concentric circles and it feels like you're constantly coming home again to a, a place where you've been before and yet you come back different and the place is different because of the people that now inhabit that space and, and how we've grown and evolved in our, in our understanding of our mission and the way that we respond to the changing needs of our world. So a, a lot of interesting yeah. things happening and reasons to be excited. Um, you know, I try to say this very positively because of course there's also that sort of intimidation factor of not knowing what I don't yet know in mm -hmm. terms of this new role and yet trying to bring to it that sense of trust in God having brought me to this it's a new adventure, Father Adam. A it's purpose. a new adventure. It sure yeah. is. Yeah. So let me just it ask sure you is. this. 25 years ago, you must have thought, oh, I can't wait until I can call the shots. Is that really going to be your role that now you have, you can call the shots? Or was it, what is it really like to be 
the sure. superior or the mentor right. or the rector? Mm -hmm. What does it really entail? Because some people might say, oh my gosh, you know, you know, he'll he'll call all the shots and everybody has to obey him. But what is it really like? Right. That's a great question, Sister Lavinia. I appreciate <laughs> you asking what does it really mean to be superior for me? It's interesting to even use the word superior because I tend to feel inferior. I'm inferior in age to some of my fellow uh, staff members who are formators for the men and professors of theology who live with us. I feel inferior in virtue and wisdom and all of that. And yet as superior, I really see that I have several concrete roles. One is to be a coordinator of our shared community life. So to sort of call us together and, and kind of guide our life together in prayer and work and uh, meal time together, of course, recreation time. So to coordinate all of that. Second one would to be sort of the coordinator of our staff. So to oversee the other members of the house and perpetual vows who are working with our men as their formators, and as I mentioned, as professors, and sort of coordinate that. And then also, of course, uh, practical things like maintenance, overseeing our resources. We live in a, a rather old building in the Hyde Park area of Chicago that needs a lot of tender, loving care. So someone needs to kind of oversee that and determine what needs to fixing. Now, I won't be doing the fixing myself. I can guarantee you that. I know how to break <laughs> things. I'm not so good at fixing them. <laughs> and then finally, and very importantly, it's also to be there to do what we call sort of public relations. So to be the public representative of this house with the other houses in our province, in our community, locally and globally, and also that interface between other religious communities, the outside public who are looking and saying, who are these men? What are they doing here? So I will be kind of like that spokesperson, that public face of the community. Mm -hmm. So those are sort of the concrete roles. Um, and granted, yes, people will look to me to have a final say in decisions. But at the same time, we lead in such a way that it's very collaborative and consultative. So I've been blessed to uh, have appointed to me uh, four men of my community who will live in with the community and will con be consultors and council members, so to speak. And so we will, we will share our wisdom together and try to arrive at the best decisions. So they'll be looking at me to make the final say, and yet they will want to inform me and advise me. And a lot of them have already been in this house for a number of years. So they will bring that wisdom and knowledge of sort of the history of certain issues and challenges we may be facing that will be important to share with me to be able to confidently and competently make these decisions. So it's, it's kind of a both and, both kind of having the final say, but at the same time, doing a lot of consultation, a lot of listening, a lot of gathering of the wisdom, kind of like what we were saying earlier, to discern the choices and yeah. decisions we're ultimately called to make. Exactly. Oh, Father Adam, you just said those two words that came to my brain is shared wisdom. Because for me in my community, the first one of the first things I learned as a novice uh, or even as a candidate was shared wisdom that um, it's equally important to listen to those who are just coming in. And especially nowadays, those who are coming in may not be the 15-year-old or even the 18-year-old. They're coming in with graduate uh, degrees, right? And they're mm -hmm. not kids. And yet mm -hmm. there's that humility that's coming in because you're new. When you were saying inferior, not that inferior as in like, you know, less than, but more like, right. I think it's, an, I'm hearing that sense of humility and mm -hmm. really that servant leadership mm -hmm. that mm -hmm. really is the model of Christ in terms of gathering um, the shared wisdom with the apostles. His followers mm -hmm. become really the, um, the people whose feet uh, Jesus had washed. And so you were starting to say, oh, I'm going to be coordinating. You're not going to be fixing things, but you're going to be right. coordinating. 
it sounds to me like really this is, you know, the leadership is not the one who calls the shots. Mm -hmm. Rather, mm -hmm. you're serving your community. Yes. How Very beautiful so. is that? And mm -hmm. knowing you, Father Adam, you're <laughs> going to be, you're, you're going to have that spiritual accompaniment in there. Yes. Um, you, you, you didn't quite mention it, but I know knowing you, um, having you as a yes. friend, having you as a model, one of my models for uh, for that spiritual enrichment. I okay. am very confident okay. that you will certainly provide that. So first and foremost. Thank you, Sister Lavina. One of the first things I did when I arrived at the Formation House was I took a picture of our Adoration Chapel and I shared it on my social media, just kind of inviting prayer for me in this transition, prayer for our men, but just sort of say kind of like new house, new environment, same God, same faith, you know, diff different look to it. And, and it was interesting to see the comments that people were making, sort of saying, what a good way to sort of, you know, start your new ministry in prayer. And so I appreciate your saying that, Sister Lavina, because it just reminds me to sort of begin all things with prayer, to have all things sustained through that connection with God, and pray that everything I would do and hope to coordinate on behalf of my brothers would lead me to to a deeper and more profound place where I can be connected with God and through that connection, see God and, and respond to God more faithfully, more generously in the people God uses to reveal his face to me in my brothers and sisters. Okay, Father Adam, any last words of wisdom or uh, is there anything that's happening that people need to know? Um, I know that invitations are pouring in, including possibilities for me, because you're going to be in Chicago. <laughs> so right. excited. So um, right. any last words? Yeah, I think my last words would be just words of gratitude to everyone who has accompanied me throughout my life, especially in these last 12 years as vocation director, and to you, Sister Lavina, for your role of coordinating or gathering us together in CAVA, in the Chicago Archdiocesan Vocation Association. One of the reasons I think I've been able to sustain with joy this ministry for 12 years as vocation director has been in part the support, the collaboration, and the true friendship that I've been blessed to share with so many vocation directors. So my parting words would be, even though my role in vocations ministry may look different, uh, I'm going to be around, I still want to be a part of things, and I will continue to be that person to invite others to the type of generous friendship I've been invited into, to encourage you to keep that spirit alive because that at the end of the day i think is what will really help vocations flourish is that when we ourselves are living our respective vocations with joy with generosity and fidelity people are going to say i'm looking for that joy i'm looking for that sense of peace they've got it and they're going to want to to talk to us to know more about that and i think that that will just be uh, such a gift for our church so uh, please keep in touch i look forward to to seeing people more often hopefully now that i'll be based in chicago and just so grateful for all the love the care and the support thank you father adam i know that you have to go you know, and um, uh, get going. So uh, hurry home soon <laughs> so we can start planning for possibilities. Um, thank you so much. And um, we will, uh, of course, keep in touch. God bless Absolutely. you. And thank you so much. God bless you. Maraming salamat. Thank you so much.
that I found in you. A love that dwells in all of your creation. Sometimes I wonder what tomorrow brings. Give me the grace to love and to be faithful, to be more like you. Have an old bicycle that's not being used? Consider donating it to Catholic Charities Veterans Bike Project of Lake County. Skilled volunteers are refurbishing bicycles to make them safe and ready to be used by veterans to get to and from their new places of work. We also gratefully accept financial contributions that are used to purchase bike helmets and other safety accessories. Our veterans have faithfully served the United States and now it is our privilege to serve them. For more information on the Veterans Bike Project of Lake County, call 847-782-4219. That's 847-782-4219. Community is core to Catholic Charities' founding mission. For more than 100 years, we have met people and families where they are, serving anyone in need, regardless of their faith, gender, race, or ethnicity. As our world absorbs the economic, political, and social aftershocks of the pandemic, 50% or more of the 6 million people living in Cook and Lake Counties have little or no savings. They are a paycheck away from zero. We are deeply grateful to everyone in the Catholic Charities community who partners with us to alleviate the suffering of the people we serve and offer them a better path forward. We are witnessing a message of mercy and hope to a world very much in need. Learn more at catholiccharities.net.